I'm Sheree. And I'm Han. You're listening to It Just Got Real. And besides drinking your honeypot sailor's rum, Han, what got real this week? So this week, we launched a huge feature called Vibe Check, and it was so much fun to work on and so much fun to put out in the world. And 24 hours after the launch, I was, of course, exhausted, hunched over my computer, looking at our analytics and amplitude and getting like all these text messages from investors and friends. And I was like, damn, we did it. You did a lot. Like it really worked this time. I launched a thing and I did it well. And that was the moment where I was like, all these other times that I launched something, I totally fucked it up. (laughs) (laughs) You were like, I thought I was launching. Turns out. Turns out. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) And I did a lot of reflecting on it because, so quick story, last summer we launched in beta and we launched a private beta. So we call it a creator only beta. We invited a bunch of people to it and Mm -hmm. I thought, this is totally going to work. We're going to get some cool creators in here. We're going to invite the right people to it and we can just make this pop. And it absolutely flopped. I don't think anyone knew that we even had a private beta. Like it just didn't work. Even though we we had a TechCrunch story and we invited a lot of people to it, but it just didn't gain the right kind of traction that mm-hmm. makes me so mad when I see these things like, <laughs> I shouldn't say mad, jealous. I mean, you can be mad. You can be mad. Jealous <laughs> is a compass. Okay. <laughs> jealous is a useful emotion for what you want in life. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, <laughs> this is where we're going today. <laughs> But yeah, it makes me so jealous when I saw like things like Clubhouse launch, honestly, or like it is what it is. Like Mm. those launches, like people were like, oh my God, what is this thing? I need to get in this private beta, like give it to me, give it to me. And like we did all the same stuff. Like we had like the the landing page set up, but- Or at least you thought you did all the same stuff. I thought I did all the things, but I think this time I learned that we didn't actually do all the things right. And- I think a lot of it is timing and a lot of it is also luck. And so I don't know if it totally comes down to some practical steps, but when I tried to reflect on them and unpack them, I think one big thing is having the right people write about you is huge. And this is something that one of our investors, Alexia, hey, Alexia, has helped me with so much. Um, When we did our beta launch, I was like, oh, well, we'll do a launch announcement. Like, you know, if people are going to write about us, people are going to write about us. And I didn't quite get it. I didn't quite understand the weight of like that it doesn't work like that. Like everyone's busy. They're doing stuff. They're not going to just notice you. You kind of need to be like, yo, we're doing this thing. What do you think? Are you interested? And put the opportunity in front of them as opposed to like waiting for them to come to you. Mm-hmm. That was one big learning is like this time we did a great job and it was it was Alexia's suggestion. We got Josh Constein to write about it mm-hmm. and it went out in a newsletter, which was actually a really cool way to launch something because I think people thought ooh, this is like secret and new and like you got the Because goods. it was in a newsletter and not in a press piece. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And because it was kind of like a pre-announcement that way. Mm-hmm. So I think I like, I've always been of the sort of incorrect impression, I think, that life is like a meritocracy and that sort of very tech mindset of like, if you do things well, then like people will just notice you for it. And like your work should stand for itself. And like, that is bullshit. That's, and it's also like table stakes, right? Like if you've gotten to the point where like you have other people's money in your business to build, there generally should be like a bar of decency in theory. 
it's table stakes to kind of like be doing it well. Yeah, that's true too. I never actually thought of it from that perspective, but you're totally right. And I didn't realize how important it was to really focus on those, building those relationships to like, let me put it that way. I thought I knew how to do it. I thought I was doing it, but I had to actually do it like 10x what I was actually doing (laughs) for it to Mm -hmm. work. (laughs) So that was one big thing. Um, Another big thing was like getting the right people to talk about it and to use it as well as to talk about it. And so one of my colleagues, uh, Armand, did an amazing job of talking to Daniel Spencer, the TikToker, to get him to help us launch this. And it was really great for him, too, because like Vibe Check is everything he does on TikTok. And that worked super well. And this is like what investors are always talking about when they're like, oh, are you going to do influencer marketing? But Mm -hmm. it's much more than that. Like those words sound really shallow. I actually even like hate saying them out loud because it sounds it's just like it's so basic. It's more about like finding really like the right people that are going to have a connection to what you're making and talking to them about it, giving them the opportunity to use it first. Yeah. And then like also polish. I'm a very scrappy, like get it done kind of person. Like we'll just let's ship it as soon as it's ready. <laughs> like yeah. done is better than perfect, which is totally the right mindset to have. Cause like as a designer, I would often want to like polish things. I think a lot of designers do this and I called them out on it today <laughs> as a product person and a founder. Like you can't polish that thing forever. We just need to ship it. We just need to get it done. And I think in a way I almost like kind of swung too far the other direction in my opinions Mm. and was like oh let's just put this out as soon as it's like even close to being done well let's just see what happens Mm. and there's a balance there's definitely a balance especially with a consumer company which is like what we both do like yeah we're not selling this to businesses we're just like appealing to the general public that they may want to use what we make yeah there's like actually like a real bar for polish on that stuff and so and it's underestimated I think even your investors will be like just get it out there (laughs) and the reality is is like no. no like consumers are gonna be like what is this janky shit like uh-uh yep moving on didn't load yeah Took or they're gonna long. be like maybe it's scammy or like maybe they're just trying to steal my data or mm-hmm. took too long like didn't have the patience for it couldn't read it didn't load on my phone like all of those things are so unacceptable with consumer whereas like when you're selling i think contracts to a business depending on the business right yeah maybe you can get away with it a bit more i don't know i don't work in b2b no <laughs> So I started doing this thing probably about three months ago where I would just add an extra week to after I thought the launch date should be. So Mm. there's the day that I really want to get it out because I'm a very impatient person. I'm like, let's get this out as soon as possible. And then I would just like hold it in, add a week on to that schedule Mm -hmm. and then be like, okay, this is going to be the launch date. Even (laughs) adding the launch date part. I think for me, it's just kind of like you were talking earlier about the things you realized you were missing. So you got the affirmation from your friends. You saw the numbers in your analytics. Mm -hmm. Did your team feel that? Did you get this sense of like, we launched? Yeah, absolutely. It's funny. There's so many things I love about remote work, but there's a few things that are never going to be the same. And one of them is launches. Like Mm. we used to do this thing at two of my old companies where we would have like launch music that we would play. Mm. And even when someone was launching something small and it might be a different team and you weren't like totally aware that it was happening, like some dark launch backend deploy or something, Mm. you'd hear the music. (laughs) Then you'd be like, oh my God, we're launching something. And like the music was something for people to rally around. It would be like a launch theme song. Mm -hmm. At last FM, it was the Jurassic Park theme song. That's hilarious. (laughs) 
I miss that. Like, it's not quite the same. You're all on Slack and you're like, we did it. Woo. And you see like the emojis and there's some gifts and stuff, but it's not quite the same feeling as like everybody being in the room. But mm-hmm. yeah, like definitely, I think everybody felt it. Like it was a level up from anything that we've ever done in the past. And it really showed a new sign of maturity with the team as well. Mm. Like, wow, you guys can handle this. Like you all pulled it off. Like this was polished mm. and this was like, this is the way we do things now. I think there's a psychology too. Like I'm going to get the right person to write about it. Like that's the sort of tactical parts of it. But I think at least for people listening, and I can speak for myself, one of the challenges I have, you know, with being in the middle of a thing and wanting to get it out is sometimes I don't create space for the psychology of putting something out there in the world. So running a launch process is as much about the psychology of the consumer and the psychology even of your team Mm. as it is about releasing. So launching and releasing are not the same thing. Yeah. I have a very specific way of launching things. So I learned some of this is a little bit from Twitter, actually. They call it the TikTok, which is like the order in which like comms go out. But I find that ordering like that very specific, like, okay, this happens at 945 and this is happening at 950. And then we're going to tweet this at like 10 o'clock and then like at 1010, like this person presses that button and then this thing happens. And then Mm -hmm. because there's so many things you need to coordinate, I actually do it for all things like deploys, comms, like publishing posts, like literally everything that needs to happen on that day. Yeah. And I like make my team stick to it. And like everybody is the DRI next to like a numbered item in that column. And if like that thing doesn't go out in that moment, like you have real Mm -hmm. things to answer Mm -hmm. for. Um, But it's like, I think that getting ready for that and like Mm. looking at that TikTok, like every day leading up to launch, the two weeks before it, like, did we get all the items done? How is this coming along? How is that coming along? And all of the helping out that happens, like, oh, someone's falling behind on this thing because they're like slammed with that other thing. Can like so-and-so help them? Like where we kind of get into that point where like everybody's doing everything up until the last minute to like get everything on that list, like absolutely like watertight. And then like it just fires and it all goes out. And Mm. I think getting people to that point where they have that psychology that like, oh, I'm not just going to like hang and like do my job today. This is like, I have shit to do. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. it's a different psychology. And like, I mean, on that day, I woke up at 5.30 in the morning. I was online, like at my computer at 6 a.m. Pacific time, because that's nine o'clock Eastern. Mm. And that's when we were like getting it out. And we definitely had wrinkles. Like that was the other thing. Not everything went smoothly. Like not everything ever does. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There were a few problems that we had and I had to untangle a couple of them. And there were moments where I was definitely sweating, but we like all pulled together and got it done and untangled the problems. And like nobody would have noticed from the outside. Mm. I think another thing about it is the psychology as a leader, or at least for me, I find it really hard to step away from the product yeah, and think about the comms and the marketing and like the ad spend, like literally like all the stuff that you might be doing around it. Like I just gravitate to products so much. I'm like, ah, the product's still not ready. Or like there's this bug and like I'm queuing shit and like mm-hmm. trying to make some design thing better. And to pull myself out of that and to focus on these other things like mm-hmm. emailing journalists and like talking to a creator, like all those other things yeah. that are required, like that is what I find really, really hard. Yeah. And that's what made this better yeah. is I like stepped out of myself as like a product person and a maker and like really got on the balcony and I was like, okay, this thing is cool, but like... <laughs> 
how are we marketing it? <laughs> and also huge thanks to my team too. I definitely didn't do it by myself, but right. it's kind of wild, right? Like in big companies, you have like so many different people that work in so many different positions and they do this as their job every day. <laughs> and to have to do all of those things, like right. the entire breadth of everything from like that back end bug to like the most subtle finesse of like comms, like that is actually kind of wild. Yeah. It's funny. I had this conversation with our team um, at our All Humans. Shout out to you for our new nomenclature. Oh, you renamed it? I yes, did rename I it. I love it. What if someone doesn't <laughs> have hands? Like this is a real thing. So we were talking about like, this membership program that we're testing. And I feel like we're half in, half out. Like it's not ready, but we need to get early data and know if we should like go after it, but I don't want to put too much into it. So it's like this whole thing. And so anyway, we've got enough to like go after it. And so it's like going after it could be about telling everybody it exists and getting the page to be like super hella optimized and like it could be that. And then I had this moment where I was just like, going after it is actually about intimacy. Mm. So we've got a hundred people who have paid us for this thing without knowing what it is, without knowing that it's like not ready, just to sort of be a part of the early creation of it. And I was like, on the one hand, as a CEO, I'm thinking about how's our cash flow and how are we relevant and how is the pipeline going? And what is the conversions and when are people traveling again? And like, I'm thinking about all these things, but the reality is the number one place I need to be is like talking to this community. That's literally the number one place. So rather than saying, all right, guys, we're going to do these huge 10,000 foot things to grow this thing. I was like, we're going to spend the next three weeks. And I personally am going to spend the next three weeks in the membership as a member. Mm. Yes, I'm the leader, but I'm going to be like in it in the most like intimate of ways. So like even today I was like talking to members in DMs and talking to members and, you know, and for us, it was really important because we've had this like event that's been going really well and has been really engaging. And then like the in-between is the part that like we hadn't figured out. Mm, like keeping people like activated. Yeah. yeah. Then I started thinking about like, well, what is launching the membership actually need to look like? And so it's so interesting that we're talking about that today because I'm like, okay, I'm kind of like where you were last summer where it's like you had this creator community and you're like figuring out it wasn't bad, but it wasn't this moment that you had this week. Mm -hmm. And so there's a balance. Yeah, there's definitely a balance. I'm glad that you mentioned the intimacy of it as well because another thing that we started doing a few launches ago, we did it for the first time, really, like in, in a really truthful way for the launch of Trash for Artists, which is our program for independent musicians. And that was the first time that we really got our community to launch it with us. Mm. And that was on some advice that I got from Joel Flory, the founder of Visco, who also is an investor by Excel. He's the best. And he was like, yeah, shouts to Joel. I love what yes, he built. Same. He told me, he was like, yeah, we always have the Visco community help us launch our features. And I don't think that's like a trade secret or anything. It's really obvious for anyone who uses Visco. Like I always mm -hmm. see the emails, like it's always like cool photos from the community, right? And um, when you see it, you're like, oh yeah, I could do this too. And I think it's that feeling of like, I could do this too. Yeah. That makes it really 
welcoming and it doesn't feel like a company launched a thing. It just feels like user people are using a new thing that's cool. And so we really started focusing on that a lot more. And we have a community manager who does a lot of our comms with users. That is, I've really started doing it a lot more myself too. Like I was really frustrated yeah. with our Twitter about two weeks ago because <laughs> we just never, I don't know. It just was never working. It was a like, lot better. Instagram, I will tell you. Our Instagram is popping, but our Twitter like sucked. And I was so frustrated with trying to get people to do it that I was just did the typical thing, which is probably not what you should do. I was like, fine, I'm going to do this myself. <laughs> and so I've been running our Twitter and it's been really cool because it's like, even though it's kind of stressful and like, how do you fit it into your day? You do have these like really intimate moments of interactions with people and like seeing them like, like your stuff and like appreciate things and trying to figure out like what works and what doesn't. Um, I do think like that connection is a critical thing for a leader. And I try to make sure that I like talk to one of our community members, like at least once a week, but there's weeks that go by that I'm like too busy doing other shit mm. and like writing, you know, an investor update and doing meetings and running product. And I lose that connection with the people that are like, oh, this thing is cool. And like, that is what gives me the most joy to keep going, but also the hardest to find and create space for. Absolutely. But those are the people that you need to help you launch things. Yeah. Those like you're relying on them. You need each other at that point. And as a young company, I think it's like at the end of the day, like for me, I had to just decide that it was the most important. Mm -hmm. I knew that after the thread yesterday, we were going to have new members and I wanted them to have within 24 hours, the absolute best experience possible. And that was going to come from me mm -hmm. at this stage. And I think Maybe when we're at Series C and Series D and we're like selling the company or whatever we're going to do, IPOing and all that jazz, like <laughs> then, okay, I don't have to be in it. But I think as a seed stage company, like I don't know if there's anything that's more important. Yeah. I think for me, the moment I'm in as a CEO right now is like making sure I don't lose the founder part yeah. in like how we move as a community. I love that. I think that when people call themselves founder and CEO, what it really means is I'm a founder now. And I intend to be the CEO one day. I agree. When you call, just call yourself a founder, like maybe somebody else will be the CEO one day. Like maybe you don't want that job, but you're definitely not the CEO right now. Like there is no reason to have a CEO. Yeah. I sometimes have to remind like new hires of this, like, oh, CEO looks real fancy, but like, please don't treat me like that. Mm. Come to me with your questions. I run products, like I'm running our Twitter account for God's sake. I'm like doing all the like random jobs that no one else wants to do. Like yeah. I want to be treated that way because that's also how you create that like bond and moments of intimacy with your team as well, which is also super important. Like for, I think for them to see you as a founder and not so much as a CEO in those early days. I agree. I agree. So you were telling me earlier, Sheree, about a record scratch moment you had this week? Oh, well, it's funny. I talk about Instagram so much, but Instagram um, was not my friend this week. We decided that, you know, people are not home as much anymore, even though they clearly should be if you look at the COVID numbers, but that's another episode. At the end of the day, we did the thread, our monthly-ish, you know, summit. And I decided, hey, actually, let me boost one of these Instagram posts about the thread. And it's like this like duo tone, black people on the flyer, like super cute, you know, if I do say so myself. Oh, it's like your your marketing materials yeah. for the thread? Like it's like that a cutout. It's like a whole thing. You have to check it out. I like pushed it. 
Anyway, all that to say, I went to boost the post and it like didn't boost right away. And I was like, what's going on? Hmm. And then I got this thing back that was like not approved. And I'm like, what? What? Like, what could be the issue? Girl, it said this ad contains politically sensitive content. What? And so it goes against our Instagram terms of use. And I'm like combing through the copy. I'm combing through the thing. And the only thing I could see political about it was that it was talking about Black people. And it was saying, like, Black people, let's come together on the thread and talk about the things going on in our community. And Instagram flagged it as political. And I wrote back, like, unless you're politicizing me being Black and wanting to talk about it, there's nothing political in it. And it came back again and was like, what? Opinion hasn't changed. You even gave them a second chance? And all of our posts for the thread, we even got messages like on Sunday, the day of the event, that were like, why wasn't this promoted as widely? So like not only did our boosted ad get declined, but I don't know, it seems to me like the algorithm deprioritized the post. Mm. And what's interesting is at the same time, this other post that was like current trendy thing where it's like, very richly pigmented black skin on colorful background that I just posted to like celebrate this visual artist in Ghana. That post now has like 6,500 likes. It was nice and all, but I also find like there's something ironic about that post being pushed out, pushed out, pushed out when it was literally nine posts deep down on our feed. Yeah. And the recent post that we're trying to reach our audience are not reaching. Ugh, Instagram. I'm like so upset and frustrated that this happened to you, but I'm also not surprised because I've heard so many stories of this happening. And what is up? The gram definitely got on my nerves. They were like, oh, you're doing too much. That is so shitty. It was, but, you know, we still had a thousand people come through. So Instagram was a hater, but we prevailed. (laughs) (laughs) I like your optimism. But it's frustrating to have to think like that like you shouldn't have to prevail like instagram should just deliver they owe you an apology right instagram if you're listening to this podcast you owe sharae an apology that's why i use visco and free ad credits and free ad credits right (laughs) right how about you your record scratch moment i had an interesting experience this weekend i don't really celebrate july 4th because i'm canadian but i took the weekend off it was like my first weekend that i'd taken off since the holidays and that felt amazing I went to go visit my friend in Arizona. She has like a a family lake house there. Mm -hmm. And she kind of warned me before I came out. She was like, you know, like, it's going to be fun and everything. But like, also, you know, this is like Trump supporter land. And I was like, oh, sure. I can, you know, I can deal with whatever. I'm just excited to see you. Like, let's go out on the lake. (laughs) And then we're like out on the lake. And there are like speedboats with Trump flags behind them (laughs) on Lake Havasu. (laughs) And I was like, what? So many thoughts. Like, first of all, I've actually never been in a situation like that before. Like, I don't really go to those parts of America. So like the most I've seen (laughs) is like upstate New York and, you know, picket signs. But I've never seen like 
so much regalia and also regalia. like yeah like, who's in charge of merch like what is it with the boat flags like who had that idea like i was just like what am i gonna see next like someone's gonna have like a beer koozie or like i don't know a bikini they probably that do says already. trump across it like you know like just trump on the titties right there right like there. what is going on it was over the top but like this so i'm just <laughs> laughing because i've been trying to explain the trump boat flag to people because you know I'm in Florida. Right. And the, the community that I'm in in Cape Coral is like all canals. It's actually super cute. Apparently it has more canals than Venice. But mm. anyway, that was your That's you know cool. geography fact. T-I-L. Um, but <laughs> so on Juneteenth, nonetheless, we decided like we're gonna run a boat. We talked about it on the pod. Oh yeah, I saw your beautiful drone footage of that. It was so cool. I was very proud of myself. But anyway, every boat we passed had this damn Trump boat flag. And I'm like, like, I was like you. I'm like- On Juneteenth? Well, they definitely were not celebrating Juneteenth. So there's that. <laughs> but it was just their every damn day flag. Right. On the boat. And they're also like so crazy. Like it's not even just like Trump for America 2020. It's like, no more bullshit. Trump for America yeah, 2020. Yeah, I saw a bunch of that one too. Trump 2020, no more bullshit. I was like, what? What like, is this? Bullshit. What There's is- like, sorry, I think you caused all the no, bullshit. No, it's so bad. <laughs> and I do want to know like, What's the like marketing meeting? It's like, yeah, like who's the person that's like, we're going to make boat flags. But then it like really got under my skin. No, it's a thing. I feel like there's some dude that knows like (laughs) that, like the boats. I mean, it's OD and like they're so aggressive. They're big. They're really aggressive. And it's like something about the juxtaposition between like this like horrendous figure, in my opinion, and like the leisureliness of being on a boat that just feels like ironic and yeah. not aligned. Like it's really weird. It felt so weird. Like I was definitely prepared for like, okay, it's the fourth. You're going to see like American flags and everyone's going to be wearing their like American colored stuff and whatever. <laughs> but yeah, to see all these people like cruising through the lake with like their beers and like laying out on the boat and then like this giant Trump flag behind them. And that's, none like, of no them are bullshit. medium or small. No, they are extra all large. There is only one size mm-hmm. for these. Like even the place where you can go like get extra fuel on the lake if you like want to fill up your boat while you're out there. Like even that had like the Trump flags all over it. I think the print size for these boat flags is like fascism large. Like that's the size <laughs> on the boats. I promise. It's like... I was just like, somebody decided to market boat flags. A lot of people bought boat flags. Then they installed the boat flags. And this is their everyday boat flag. And there were so many. Yep. Welcome to America. You've you've arrived. (laughs) If you visit a lake this summer, that's what you're in for. That's what you're in for. (laughs) Coming to a lake, ocean, or water causeway near you. Near you. That's what what it is. Oh my gosh. All right. Moving on from the record scratch. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because we need to, because now I'm having visions of these boats and I want them to be gone. Moving on. What else have you been taking in in the past week? In culture? Absolutely. Well, I think maybe we should talk about a different flag, not a Trump flag, but a rainbow flag. I think you should tell us about that. Well, I've probably watched more TV in the past few weeks because I'm, like, in a house with other people. And so, like... It's, like, a thing to do. Yeah, it's, like, we're going to watch an hour of television, which is kind of funny because in my, like, regular life, I'm not doing that. (laughs) But it's been kind of fun and, like, mindless, and I've kind of appreciated it. 
like the space has given me. So every few weeks we have a new show or every couple weeks because we like binge them. So the show that we've been watching right now is RuPaul's Drag Race. And I had no idea. Really? Had you never watched it before? There's so many things I've never watched. Wow. Wow. Like I don't watch TV. I will never, ever be the person that <laughs> but like, it's turns like, on it's, TV. It's so iconic. It's season 20, and I'm out here watching it for the very first time. So what did you think? It's freaking hilarious. It is. These people are hilarious, but it's also like the most dramatic thing. Like every episode is a breakdown, mm-hmm. like every single one. <laughs> yes. And then like one of the like little skits or whatever, they had to like impersonate a celebrity And I was like, the whole point of drag, I think, is to, like, be a super exaggerated version of a woman. And so you can't pick a person whose regular life is already super exaggerated and then try to (laughs) out-exaggerate it in drag. So it just felt underwhelmed. And then, but the show, what's so funny is, like, it's been around for so long. And, like, the aesthetic of it, like, from a design perspective feels like it's been around for so long. It seems like they've got like the same motion graphics guy from day one because <laughs> it feels very like flavor of love mm. from like a draft, like the interstitials. Like it's, I don't know, it's funny. Like, I think it's funny. I also think about random things like that throughout the show, but it's my like current when I watch TV thing and I'm happy I found it. It's good. I like this for you. I like you watching RuPaul. So fun fact, I was randomly on a shoot with RuPaul once and he's like really amazing in real life. And this was like, he was doing a shoot in his boy clothes with like a suiting shop. And it was awesome. There was so much wisdom that he shared with us all then. Um, But also... RuPaul was totally telling everybody what to do all the time. (laughs) Are we surprised? There was a theme. There was a theme. To the point where I was like, maybe this would look better if you actually just listened to some of the people around you. But no, no. Judging by the graphics. (laughs) I'm just going to go stand over here now. (laughs) I feel like RuPaul's doing those two. Yeah. So this week, I was like really in launch mode all week long, as we discussed. So I didn't do a ton of culture, but. I did start getting this. So something I love is like you sign up for an email newsletter and it's like really good, but then it like goes away. You know, that happens. Mine did recently. And then all of a sudden it comes back again. And there was this email that I signed up to a couple of years ago, I think called Flow State. And it's really great. They send you music without lyrics that you can listen to to get into a flow state while you're working, which I love because when I'm doing anything that requires language, like whether it be anything from coding to writing copy. I can't listen to music with English lyrics. I listen to music in other languages or instrumental music, um, but it like messes up my brain too much to listen to English <laughs> lyrics while I try and write. I can't do it. Um, and so I love this email because there was so many cool new artists that I discovered through it. And a lot of it is like very underground, like crate digging stuff that even I'm like, I'm a self-professed crate digger. I know some stuff about Mm -hmm. music, but I'm like, I've never heard of this artist before. So it just started randomly coming again this week. And I was like, oh, this thing. I love this thing. So that is a cool email in culture. I feel like a lot of good culture these days is getting wrapped up in emails. There's a couple others that I've been super into as well. One is called High Tea, which is excellent. It's this like awesome dose of Gen Z internet culture that comes out on Sundays that is just so good. And another one um, 
which also has tea in the title, is called Tea with May Lee. And it's by my friend May Lee, who's a designer and a writer and just like an all-around amazing creative person that is really thoughtful about the world around her. And I, I really love her culture report as well in what's happening in her world. So those are some good newsletters to check out in culture. I like it. Look at you being a giver. Um, so speaking of giving, let's take it home with some takeaways from your now I have my know how to launch big girl panties on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can make this real fast. I mean, I think the first and most important thing is getting the right people using it. And those people are both like the ones that have a lot of reach, mm -hmm. but also the people that are near and dear to your heart that are going to like have those intimate connections with and um, are really going to support you long term, like putting in the time to launch with your customers mm. as opposed to for mm -hmm. them is a really important distinction. I love that. And I think the second one is like kind of goes along with that. Like having the right people using it also means you need to have the right people talking about it. Right. And that might be an overlap. Like some of the people that are using it may also be talking about it. But ensuring, again, that you get that like big broad view of like important people using it, but also, and, and talking about it, but also the people on the ground talking yeah. about it. That is also really important. And that was something that I put a lot of, a lot more time into this time that also is not something you can think about at the last minute. Like no. you need to start planning that stuff months in advance and like emailing people like weeks before. Feeding those relationships. Exactly. And um, so that it's not transactional and it feels like there's something in it for them too. Yeah. And then the third thing is polish. Like I'm like a huge fan of like done is better than perfect. Like I'm a big believer mm -hmm. in that. Um, but there's a balance. And like we were talking about earlier with commercial software, with like consumer companies, mm -hmm. there's a bar you got to hit. No, there's definitely a bar. You can't like it can be like rough around the edges ish, but not really. But not really. Or like one thing has to be like absolutely amazing and everything else can be a little bit like, eh, yeah, but like one thing's got to be good. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you peeps for listening. I think today was like a really good day for anyone like building and trying to get stuff out into the world because it is a process. It is not the truth that like this thing that seemingly just appears on the internet and ready for you happened by happenstance like mm -hmm. it is a plan mm -hmm. and the plan is to make it seem as if it appeared and so <laughs> I like it's a part of the machine and if you're building something like take your time to make sure you've built that into your timeline like for sure what you're going to make and then how you're going to make it happen it takes so much time and planning those are the takeaways. That's the show. That I think is this the is show. the episode. It is. So if you like this, please um, tell your friends. Tell them to check it out. This is like episode nine. So we're getting somewhere now. It must be getting better, I think. And I think so. Maybe leave us a review or like a rating. Like that would be cool, but Ooh, not a bad a one. Rating. No, I'm kidding. Not a bad one. Save those for yourself. <laughs> I don't want Send an shit. email. No. <laughs> Send an email. No, no less leave than us five a stars. Five star review. <laughs> We need the sign, like a virtual sign, like the Uber drivers that have like the candy and like the five star oh. review, but they're like baiting you with like the peppermints and butterscotch. Like we need that. We're sending you the virtual version of that. So no I mean, less than you can five get stars. that on our Instagram or our Twitter at GotRealPod and we will give you all the peppermints and butterscotch right there. <laughs> okay, we're out. <laughs> Bye.